Our scripture this morning for the message comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. O God, whose Son Jesus is the vine that binds your people to himself, grant that we might bear much good fruit by remaining in him who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. This is our third week of seeing Jesus in the common, everyday things that Jesus told us about. The first week, we learned about seeing Jesus in the broken bread and how on the road to Emmaus, he preached a lot of sermon, but it wasn't until he broke the bread that those who were in fellowship with him saw him for who he was. And we understand how we can see Christ best in fellowship. And we talked about seeing Jesus last week in the Good Shepherd and how he is with us in our deepest need, in our darkest moments. And today, we will think about seeing Jesus in the vine and what that looks like for us. I spent more time this week thinking about plants and gardens and vines than I have ever spent in my entire life. I am one of those that if you give me a plant, I will kill it in the quickest order possible. Uh, In fact, I would recommend you don't give me a plant if you would like to see it live. Um, If you have any pity on the plant, let it live. Uh, Don't give it to me. It was interesting, though, as we started talking about, uh, as I started thinking about plants and what that looks like, how it is sort of automatic that you think about vines in terms of continuous. They kind of don't have a break in them, if you think about a vine from the long term. And as I was looking and reading and thinking about them, I was like, wow, I did not realize that there are a lot of fruits that actually grow on vines. I mean, immediately you kind of think of grapes, right? Because it just seems like that's the one you hear the most of. But watermelons grow on a vine. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but they do. They actually grow on a vine. Apparently it grows, goes along the ground and like these big things jump off at it. I'm telling you, I'm not a gardener, so what I learned was from Wikipedia, take that for what it's worth. But one of the interesting things about vines and learning about them is that these are 
something, this is something that Jesus' followers, the people that Jesus was preaching to, they would have understood very clearly all kinds of things about vines automatically. Things that I had to learn by reading Wikipedia and kind of finding out about them. One of the things that's really interesting about grapevines in particular is that the first year after a, uh, after a new branch starts to grow, it doesn't actually produce any fruit. It kind of gets out there and it might bud, but it won't ever produce any fruit. And the reason for that is it takes a year of it being in the vine for it to get enough nutrients and enough stuff to actually be able to produce anything of value. Now that's really interesting when you think about how Jesus says, remain in me as the vine and you will produce fruit. You see, Jesus understands that as you stay in the vine, you get enough to produce fruit. And what kind of fruit do you produce as a branch in the vine of Jesus? Well, Paul tells us that we produce the fruit of the Spirit. John tells us in his letter, 1 John, that we produce love. The more we're in Jesus, the more we're in God, we produce love because it's automatic. Paul tells us that we produce all of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I got them all off the top of my head. But it's all of that that is only produced as we stay in the vine. But what does it mean to stay in the vine? How much work has to be done? What do you have to do to remain in the vine? Well, it's really easy, actually. The first thing is, you just have to be there. You kind of have to just be in that place. There's not actually a lot of work that goes into it from the branch's perspective. The branch kind of hangs out. And then the vine does the work. It sucks up the nutrients from the soil and pushes them out. But the important thing here is, is that the, the branch can't go off and do things on its own. Like the branch can't say, you know what, vine? It's been good. It's been real. Uh, you've been a great, great source for me. That, it's been wonderful. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. Um, I'm going uh, to hang out over here for a little while. And, uh, and I'm going to see what kind of grapes I can come up with over here on my own. It doesn't work that way. I don't think. <laughs> Nothing I saw uh, about gardening or how that works was uh, indicated that if you leave the vine, you can still produce fruit, right? It's really important that you have to stay. But you don't actually have to do any real hard work to stay. You just have to stay. Because the work's all being done for you. 
I'm, I'm really good at being busy. Um, I'm pretty sure my husband can tell you that. I'm really good at, um, at adding things to my list of things to do. I can, um, I can find things to do where everybody else is like, there is nothing to do there. And I'll be, oh, wait, 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 we can do this. We can add a list. We can, uh, we can, uh, we can do this. We can, you know, I can find a way to make there be work somewhere. But the really cool thing about being called to follow Jesus is that the work is already done. All we have to do to remain in the vine is to be obedient and let Jesus work through us. When we do that, then, as we remain in the vine, you'll notice that most of the time, grapevines don't just have one branch. They don't just have, like, you know, like you see this long vine, and then there's one branch with fruit. It would be kind of a weird grapevine, kind of a weird vineyard. If you walked up to a vineyard and you're, you're the, the owner of the vineyard was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we just have, we just have that one, that, that one little bunch of grapes that's growing over there. Okay. The reality is, is that a vineyard, a branch, a vine, has multiple branches. And it is only by being near each other that the branches actually produce good fruit. There's a lot that happens in all of the making of fruit that has to do with bugs and things like, you know, like there's a reason why they call it the birds and the bees. But there's things that have to happen in community in order for fruit to be produced. We need each other. We have to be together in order for fruit to continue to be produced. That's part of what being in the vine does too, is it keeps us connected to each other. When we bear fruit, one of the things that happens is that we share what is happening in the vine with those around us, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a custom in the Mediterranean that if you walk past a vineyard, you're welcome to take any of the fruit that you see. Now, you don't go harvest like a whole bunch of grapes, right? You take a handful and you take them as you pass by. And that's what should be happening when others pass by us. They should be receiving some of our fruit. They should see how it is we live according to the faith that we have. We should be living out joy and peace and love and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because that's what happens when you live in the vine and others see it in us. Jesus tells us very plainly in this passage that he is not talking to people that are not already his. He is talking to those who have already decided that they are going to follow him. 
And he makes an interesting promise that if you are in the vine and you remain in the vine and his words remain in you, then you can ask what you will and it will be done. The thing of it is, is that the more deeply rooted in the vine you are, the more connected to the vine you are, the more you know exactly what it is that the vine will give you. In other words, this isn't about asking God for a new Cadillac or whatever the fanciest car is nowadays. But it is about asking for the things that are after God's own heart. Healing, help, rescue, more fruit. You can only know that heart by seeking God by spending time in his word, by spending time in prayer, by developing that intimate conversation with him, and then developing it more fully in community. You almost couldn't get a better picture of what that looks like than what happened here this morning. When you see a, a church who has their own service come and be a part of our service just because they love Jesus and they want to worship and they know that we want to worship as well. It's that kind of community and fruitfulness that is necessary for all of us to grow and to produce more fruit. One of the things I read this week was about how the wildfires in Northern California stripped the land clean and destroyed acres and acres of vineyards. Where there had once been beautiful scenery with thousands of branches and vines growing, there were now just miles of scorched earth and fruitless land scarring the geography. That was about a year ago. But in places now, you can see the beginnings of new plants growing. You can see the spots where life is blossoming in the spaces where only death had been before. That is the picture of the gospel as well. Where there is nothing, where only death had once been, it is there that the vine gets rooted and covers the space with new life. I believe in transformation, in transformed people, leading other people to see who Jesus is. Because I know that we have been called to live differently because of our faith. But before we even get there, we are first brought from death to life. We are first set free from the chains of darkness and sin and hurt and heartache that bind us. And we peek up from the ground as new creation where before there was only desolation and scorched earth. The vine, the Jesus we know and love and that we bind ourselves to. He brings us the power to love and have joy and be at peace. Because the vine has infused us with life. 
That is the power of the resurrection that is our king. The vine of life that empowers us to be fruitful for the kingdom. We do this by remaining in him. By being pruned and worked by the gardener. By living in community with others in the vine. And by being renewed and reborn in the life of the spirit that imbues us with a lasting abundant life. As we receive communion this morning, let us remember that the bread and the cup are reminders over and over of the new life that we have by virtue of the death and resurrection of our Jesus, the true vine that ties us to himself and each other. <laughs>